Hey, what's up, everyone? Hello. Welcome to, welcome to Mile a Minute Movie Talk, episode, let's say, 12? 12, I think, is correct. The running While gag of Lucas Mile a Minute Movie Talk to... does not know how to look up their episodes before, and we just guess, and it's a 50-50 if we're right. We're, we're just <laughs> constantly running a mile a minute, so we don't have time for that. Yeah, we don't have time to look up our YouTube channel. Well, yes, Lucas... 12. Oh, okay. So episode twelve, your host, <laughs> <laughs> your host Dylan, aka Dylan Picks, and Lucas of Ligure Films. We are here hello. to hello, Lucas. We are here to talk about movies that we saw in November of twenty twenty. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> as we did with October, we watch a lot in November, and we're kind of just going through this real quick, and then we kind of end up uh, getting with the modern films. Uh, yeah do we say um in movies that are coming out right now so yeah there's a lot of stuff we saw last month that's uh buzzing mm-hmm. around still still in theaters yes in our kind of early mid-december vibes yeah yeah so who lucas since you've seen more movies than me this month, <laughs> how about you start <laughs> yeah so funny enough i didn't watch a movie for like the first four days of uh November, but I ended up watching uh, 24 total. So uh, that's the first same thing movie, I did. Though, I waited yeah. until the fifth. <laughs> so I went to uh, yeah, that was mine. I went. So essentially, what happened was I went to LA for a film fe- or music festival. Shout out Sway Fest, uh, shoegaze Ooh. festival. Uh, and while down there, I got to see a showing of the Killers of the Flower Moon. Just actually, Killers of the Flower Moon, not the. Um, and I got, it was, uh, it was downtown and the author of the book was there for a little bit. So that was cool. Oh, did you get to meet the author? Uh, I didn't, I had to go to the music festival after. So he like did a Q and a, but there was like a meet and greet after I didn't go to, because I was going to go see music. <laughs> nice. Well, we but both yeah, that saw. Was, that was great, obviously, but yes, we both saw it actually this month. What did you think of it? I really liked it. Um, it's very downer in the end, obviously, just based on the subject matter. And, you know, there's gripes with uh, telling the story of this through the white perspective um, and through Leonardo DiCaprio's perspective, because he's not a good person in the film and he's just not a good person in general who he's representing. And I think that's the best that you could do with this in what Martin Scorsese is doing, especially adapting the material that is. He's adapting it from the accounts of this. And you can't really tell an Osage story from the Osage perspective, unless you're Osage yourself or part of that community. And so I feel like the way that he did it is like as good as you can get. It's the best storytelling of this incident and atrocities and how easily it was just let to happen. And just these people enabled and they're able to just scrounge up and uh, eliminate these people like systematically um, after they had already systematically removed them and sent them to this area uh and then they found out that this area is worth something and then they're like well now we got to kill them even more and it's just very dark but it's a great story and i think it was just uh, just an amazing film it definitely does not feel like the runtime to me which i like um and yeah i was just in awe of it the whole time it was just great stuff going on screen great visuals great storytelling everyone had a great acting role in it the bit parts were great uh Brendan Fraser jump scare is awesome. So, you know, I, I, I very enjoyed this film and its message uh, that it had. 
Yeah, I'd say um, I completely agree on the storytelling method they chose. The like, like that, you know, Martin Scorsese did the best job he could from his perspective, and the fact that he worked along with Osage people was really powerful. I think uh, exactly you could, re- you could really feel the um, the energy come through in certain respects at times, um, and I I think the main difference I noticed between like um our how we both felt about the films was i think for me um i did feel the runtime for sure i think it was i really kind of saw myself wondering how much longer was it was going to keep going i do think it was um not as good as i was hoping it would be but i do think the message like you said is so powerful and, and needed absolutely needed to be told that that really makes the film work for me as a whole Mm -hmm. despite like certain elements of it some of the script and certain things that didn't jive with me as much as i may maybe was expecting it would um i i definitely thought it was such an important film to see and i'm glad i saw it in theaters despite the length um i do think it's worth i do think it's worth that experience yeah it's very much one of those films too where it's like just based on martin scorsese you're like wow that was a masterpiece fourth best movie he's made or something like that you know uh (laughs) it's very good but yeah it's uh it's hard that trump is best but it's it's definitely a very good film yeah yeah exactly like you say you can say it's a masterpiece and then it's like but how many other great movies has he done that you can just compare that to and not and be like well it's not this one it's not this one but yeah (laughs) yeah well yeah that that was definitely I watched that a little bit later in the month, around the 17th. Mm-hmm. But, but the first one that I saw was also on the 5th. I think we both took a break from October because we had watched so yeah. much. Yeah, I went I, on a trip, and so I got that time off, and it was very helpful. <laughs> so I watched uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 very late. And you haven't seen this yet, right? No, I still have yet to see it. Well, it is being nominated for a Golden Globe for uh... box office cinematic success. <laughs> oh boy (laughs) i will tell you of all the marvel films that came out this year this is probably easily the best one and oh yeah i i want to watch it it's just i don't i don't have the strive yet to watch it the drive yeah and i hear you and this is coming from someone who's not the biggest guardians of the galaxy fan not a super diehard marvel fan by any means didn't even see ant-man and the wasp or you know whatever quantumania and what's the newest one marvels the marvels i've seen every you know marvel film mm-hmm. but this to me was my favorite guardians of the galaxy film not the biggest fans of the first two i do appreciate them i think they're fun but this one i thought had the most depth it had a very good emotional story um particularly with rocket raccoon I loved everything about how they did that. It was some of it was really actually hard to watch, like and, and pretty sad. And but the story as a whole I thought worked really well. Just a great overall good time and a nice surprise and kind of a nice, you know, bookend to the Guardians of James Gunn's world mm-hmm. um perspective. So yeah, yeah, that's that's how I feel about that one. That was a that, that Definitely recommend it. I, I think you should try to see it. I'm, it's not one you got to run out the gate. And, yeah. Definitely make time someday. Yeah, one day. I think, I, I think I'll probably watch it soon. Probably before the Globes. But, uh, 
what did I watch next? Let's see. Lords of the Ring. Ooh. Fellowship of the Ring. So yeah. I started watching those extended edition. Uh and uh very good, obviously. I don't think there's much else that needs to be said except it's just great fantasy. Peak fantasy, peak like just epic, like modern epic. It's it's insane what um Peter Jackson was able to do. Uh and the first one is just just pulls you in so hard and you just get so interested in the story and the characters and it's amazing. Uh, I hadn't seen them since I was like a kid and I know they're definitely one that long overdue for a watch. I had bought the three pack of the extended edition on Blu-ray and so I've been holding on to that for a while and like now I'm like I'll finally watch these um but yeah, just freaking great. Just so great. Um and uh it's a it was funny cuz we were started watching another Peter Jackson movie and we we're like how did he somehow get from this to this in 10 years and it's mm-hmm. it's it's a funny story if you look it up just like how he was able to get into these large franchises uh from kind of just doing schlocky horror and yeah. maybe a thriller sprinkled in there so it was it's just a great film obviously if you haven't seen it definitely watch it <laughs> but yeah. most people probably have seen it yeah most people have seen lord of the rings fell super the ring but i do know yeah. some people who haven't yeah, uh, I won't. I won't call them out because I don't want them mm-hmm. being sent some hate mail. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I recently watched that. <clears throat> I want to say last year, within a year or two. Yeah, and I watched the 4K extended edition with our buddy Aaron. Shout mm-hmm. out to Aaron. Shout out Aaron. And, <laughs> and he is, you know, like the massive Lord of the Rings fan in my friend group, and um, that's like the only way to watch them. So that was my first time viewing the extended cuts. And although I appreciate them and think they're the extended cuts are amazing in their own right, I'm still a theatrical guy. I don't need all that extra stuff. There's a reason it got cut. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. It adds a whole another layer to the storytelling and, and it's it, then the richness. But when I want to watch a movie, I generally want to just get everything i truly need and not the stuff that's left on the chopping board you know mm-hmm. but that being said yeah lord of the rings fellowship of the ring my favorite of the franchise of the series and it's just like you said everything about it just works and the build yeah. up the emotional payoff everything it has every emotion everything like you can be scared by that movie you can be thrilled you can be you can feel endless joy. It's just adventure, everything. So, obviously, a great film. <laughs> yes. Um, well, the next one I watched, we both watched together. Oh, oh. oh wow, that was a couple days. Oh, I know what that is. Never mind. <laughs> it is, it is be- beyond, beyond the, the infinite. infinite two minutes. <laughs> or two seconds in the way we were doing that. No. Yeah. <laughs> So this is a very fascinating movie. Um, I mm-hmm. think I, you know, I could probably describe it okay, but I bet you could describe it even better. So I'll let you take the rein on this one. Um, yeah, uh, essentially, a guy lives above uh, a cafe that he works at, and um, he goes upstairs, and the one upstairs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one upstairs is two minutes in the future. Uh, it's his computer, and then he goes downstairs, and he finds out that. The two minutes in the future is when he goes downstairs. So the TV in the cafe is that. And so they kind of just start doing this like 
kind of uh, thing where he's like trying to figure out like the logistics of it and all this. And he gets his friends in on it, his coworker at the cafe in on it. Um, and then they start trying to like, they do all like the conventional things of trying to like uh, do stuff with time travel. Like they're like, well, how can, how far can we take this in the future? And as well as they kind of talk, do very meta commentary on like time travel. It's like, are we actually have any free will or are we just replicating what it's doing so that we don't uh, make it false and like stuff like that. And it's just like a really great low key, fun, low budget uh, Japanese, like sci-fi comedy. It's very much in the vein of like a really popular American low budget uh, sci-fi film was like primer. It's like not, not in the same vein of it, but like same budget wise. And it's just really good. Mm-hmm. um there's like no real lapses or gaps in it it's very concise it's like 78 minutes it's a pretty short film and it just gets to the points hits all the beats it needs to and it's shot in a really interesting uh like one takeaway kind of like the bird uh birdman um and yeah. so it blends in the uh scenes of the one cut and makes it look like it's a one cut um and very one cut of the dead vibes as yeah. uh, Dylan's one of his favorite movies. It seems like <laughs> how many times he watches it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, a, just a great concise film. Obviously those two directors are friends because they both have great ideas and uh, cool one take movies with original <laughs> interesting points. Yeah. I was going to make sure I brought that up. Um, yeah. And you kept saying one cut and I was like, he's going <laughs> to say it before I, I was teasing it. <laughs> But uh, the funny thing about that was even on the poster, the director of One Cut of the Dead has a quote <laughs> about the movie. Yeah. She loves it. So they're clearly friends or clearly have talked since that movie came out. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, that's like the perfect comparison for someone who's who, who to give someone an idea if they're familiar with uh, that kind of a style of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And then the other comparison you gave, um, what was that for like the American version? like of this like that like oh this. primer yeah primer is yeah. like a time travel uh low budget film like yeah i was really celebrated yeah so that'd be like a good way to, to for someone who's more familiar with that this might give you an interest but it, yeah it's a i agree it's just a really fun film it's definitely one of those movies that's like you have to just kind of go along with it and just enjoy it for what it is mm-hmm. um you can like because like every everything about it is trying to best the previous scene in a way like trying to show you something more clever something more revealing or interesting and so you do have to kind of do a lot of um close watching like Mm -hmm. to really truly like appreciate the entire movie because you could get pretty lost quickly if you're not following every little detail because they really they really go deep into the details and like so it's. I think it's a really good group watch because you, yeah, you, you definitely. Know, like if you're with another person or some friends, you can really see everything. And if you missed something, someone else might have caught it. So yeah, but yeah. Um, and then it goes back to me. Okay, let's see. What are we watching? What or what did I watch? Uh, where was I? Here we you are. The backtrack now. <laughs> yes. So the day before that, I watched the Tunnel to Summer. The Exit mm. of Goodbyes. It is a animation movie, uh, anime movie from uh, Japan. Um, and it's very Makoto Shinkai-esque. Um, uh, very much like a fantastical situation between that involves uh, two high school-aged uh, teens uh, that like 
is a romance, but there's like some weird time or such element to it. Um, and it very much feels and builds off of that. Um, at points, the dialogue is kind of weird. Um, and at, po- at, uh, uh, at points, the suspension of disbelief of like certain situations, not to spoil anything, uh, you're just like, would you, would this, this, this doesn't seem realistic, but it's enjoyable and it's not long. Um, I don't know if I'd rewatch it, but it's 83 minutes and it's a pretty simple animation watch. Cool concept. Um, definitely deals a lot with like grief and like the passing of things, uh, losing things. And so I very much like, uh, like that subject matter for this. Um, but yeah, it definitely, definitely kind of builds off of previously done, uh, anime, uh, popular films of their last years. And it's like the first big one by this director. I think he had done like, a um, an anime adaptation of uh, something before that wasn't really a big uh, Digimon. So mm. he's done like video game movies. Ooh, he's going to and... be the next uh, Mamaru Hosoda. Yeah. He did the Digimon movie and then went on to make five or six original films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it very much feels like he's going down that pathway and trying to do what uh, Hosoda and uh, what Hosoda did, but in kind of the vein of like a blend of him and Shinkai. But it's like, hey, mm. it was it was pretty fine. Uh, it yeah. was cool to see it in theaters, though. It was me and my friend, and uh, shout out Darren again, like usual. Uh, oh, Darren went with you. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and then there was some random dude that totally did not know what the movie was about and walked into the theater at like 12 o'clock and bought a ticket. And he was just sitting in the back and he was like, that was weird. At the end, he was like some <laughs> 60 year old dude. And I was like, dude, this movie is not for you. He, like, <laughs> it was, he kept trying to talk to us. It was very weird. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a movie. Um, I wouldn't say it's anything great, but uh, check it out if you like anime movies yeah Original. that's one that's one that's uh was on my watch list so I, when mm-hmm. i heard that you were seeing it or saw it i was like oh dang you yeah beat me to the punch and then i definitely want to check it out but it's one that i think um like it's not on the like i watch so much anime <laughs> like per year that i try to i try to at this point i sort of have to like um you know like decide oh is this the one i can maybe wait on buying <laughs> mm-hmm. not only that but i think it's already sold out like everywhere on the blu-ray but oh, that's i funny. definitely will eventually check it out but i've seen uh, plenty of those like just mid-tier anime films where it's like yeah it's a good one watch and mm. that was fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? yeah it definitely definitely fits that it's what 83 minutes so yeah if it was any longer i'd be mad <laughs> well the um, the next movie that we watched together. Who? Phantom of the Paradise. Ooh. I picked this movie. It was a movie night between us, and because we watched Beyond the Infinite two minutes first, and then I was like, let's watch this movie. And we what watched a it. Combo. <laughs> yes, a very interesting combo. Um, Phantom of the Paradise is one of my favorite movies, top 100, I would say. Um, and it, I love Brian De Palma's early work, mm. uh, one of my favorite directors. Um, I like a lot of his films are in my top 100. Um, Phantom of the Paradise is just awesome musical um, but it's just so weird very weird um, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of pieces going on there a lot of stuff um, and it's funny because it's another one of those movies that like partially Star Wars might have taken mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> speaking of Phantasm uh, <laughs> uh, this one yeah uh, Two movies uh, with Fant or in the title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, William Finney's character, uh, Winslow, is kind of like, gets rebuilt like Darth Vader and kind of looks like him. And he also looks like a character in um, 
berserk as well so kind of a uh cult, very much a cult film it has become a cult film it's been remastered for a reason it's it's a very interesting film a very fun film it has jessica harper in it as well if you've seen suspiria original um and yeah i i love this it's just a fun watch the music's great uh paul williams wrote it and is in the movie as the villain so it's like such a campy film it's hilariously uh done yeah no i I had a good time with this one i I really wasn't sure what to expect and i didn't even put it Mm -hmm. together before watching it that it's sort of a play on phantom of the opera and uh but musical and well, i guess there is the musical version but you know what i'm saying yeah and um the i think over time i've i've started to become a bit more fond of this film now that i've like thought it over a little bit more and kind of like the the things that stick with me like like you were saying with the star the semi star wars inspired or you know too soon to be inspired star wars stuff yeah um and and the fact that we read up on how like lucas and the director de palma were like best friends and all that so you know yeah good friends so yeah um yeah it's it's just like there's something about the look of this movie that i really liked and stood out to me like it it obviously has like that lower budget but like the production design is also incredible too for what they could do and um yeah definitely just one of those weird movies that you gotta experience and um just kind of just give a chance and and mm-hmm. see where see how you feel about it afterwards because it's kind of yeah. like it's not one of those movies you can really just have an opinion on like instantly you have to like sit with it because it's so out there mm-hmm. i uh i found out about it at my uh video store i forget someone requested it in and i watched it i put it on the tv and i was like this is crazy then i went home and watched <laughs> it and i was like wow that was crazy and then yeah it just i liked it more i rewatched it you just kind of notice more things going on my favorite scene is when they literally brick up a man in a room. It's just so comedic. Just like oh, he yeah. hires a masonry crew to brick a guy up in a room so he has to write songs for the rest of his life. It's just weird little campy stuff like that. It's so mm-hmm. hilarious in this film. Yeah, campy is definitely a good word to describe yeah. it. Well, what um, was on your list next? Uh, so that would skip the next two, obviously. I watched then Beyond the Infinite Two Nights. Uh, phantom of the paradise and then i went and worked uh the next day and i watched in a hotel <laughs> the killer i don't know if you've <laughs> oh, seen that i was gonna say i haven't seen it but when you first mentioned killers of the five and you said the killer mm-hmm. like there's a yeah i was like you had a hard time with that because of the killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so the killer um not as good as the the killer by uh a better director who has done such films as hard oil john woo um the killer was good um it was kind of it's kind of like this dude who thinks he's this really methodic uh cool calculated killer uh hitman and he's kind of going through all that and then he literally f's up the first time you see him do anything and then he has like this kind of loser interior monologue and he just listens to the smiths a lot and he kind of just feels like one of those jaded uh kind of uh kind of like outcast guys you're like oh you're not really cool you just think you're cool and it's kind of like a study of that character in society and it's pretty interesting uh i liked it um uh it was just kind of a trip uh watching it you just seeing it go through all the motions and everything uh it's pretty cool um but yeah i don't i don't know i don't know how much i'd like it on a rewatch i think i'd i think i'd uh, like the dialogue more the inner monologue some people think is annoying and i feel like that's justified but i think it fits his character in the film very well uh 
just because he kind of just seems like a loser. <laughs> um, and I, I like love that aspect about him. Like you're like I would not want to be around this person in real life because they seem insufferable. Because um, mm. they're kind of full of themselves and they think they're so grandiose and they're not. And he has like a little iPod. He just plays a Smiths on the whole time, and Smiths is just the soundtrack the whole movie. Um, there's a Portishead needle drop I love. Uh, Portishead's a good band if you if you know them. Uh, and yeah, really great set pieces. Uh, kind of Hitman esque at points. The video game. Uh, and uh, I really liked it. So it's, a, it's fun first watch. What's a needle drop like? That means like they they like they literally drop the needle for a vinyl. Um, or it's a like... it's a phrase um, when like a movie just like straight up just drops a song on you. Mm. And so he goes into uh, a house that's been raided, and then Portishead is just playing, and he's like, "Oh, that's cool." Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot used, kind of like. I think in a lot of movies modernly, uh, one I'll talk about later, Saltburn, um, to uh, elicit like a response, mostly like nostalgia stuff like that and attitude. Mm, this okay. one was more kind of like an ambiance, but uh, it was like I was like, is that Portishead? I think that's Portishead, <laughs> and they're they're a fun uh, indie rock band from the '90s. So yeah, so the the killer is um, David Fincher, right? Yes. Yeah. So hot take: John Woo better filmmaker than David Fincher. I'm sure a lot of people would agree. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. a lot of people feel very differently too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I have not seen this yet. I do like David Fincher's films. I think what took me kind of off the path of seeing this is just the fact that it was only in theaters for a week and Netflix has it now. And it just mm-hmm. feels like it's content and it doesn't feel yeah. like it's a movie. And that's just like my problem with streaming. But, mm-hmm. you know. To, to I, quote a video we both watched... Uh, Red Letter Media talk, kind of talked about that um, mm-hmm. with with how he saw Killer. It's like it's not an event anymore for a film like this when it should be. It's kind of just content on a form, and you kind of just go out of your yeah. You have to go out of your way to go watch this, um, or not really. You're just kind of like, oh, I'll put this on. You know, it's not like yeah. I'm going to go out see this cool movie and kind of have that like whole ritual of going to the theater and seeing this on the big screen. Or, you know, it's just a little bit different. There's not that uh, theater run that it has behind it. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I knew I was subconscious of, subconsciously <laughs> stealing that quote somehow. From or Jay. Reuse, <laughs> reusing it. Yeah. Because I was like, in my mind, like, yeah, I was like, this guy knows. This guy understands. Him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I do want to see it. I just. I don't stream movies like I used to, man. I just. Mm-hmm. Unless it's award season, which, it's, which yeah. it is now. Then I just go crazy and stream yeah, everything. It didn't I get can. nominated, so it, for Golden it, Globe at least. You said it did or did not? Didn't. Yeah, I didn't think it did. So, but you never know. There's still Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a great movie that I watched, rewatched, next, um, one that you're very familiar with, and to quote it because it's such a great quote. Uh, give me a sec here. And if I don't see you, good night, good evening, and good luck. Did I say it right? I think you I said, said that wrong. I said, I said it. I said it. I said it like incorrectly. It was like good evening. Good afternoon. No, if you say, he's like, and if I don't see you, good morning, good yeah. afternoon, and good night. Not good morning because he always says good morning. Oh, so yeah. it's and if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And good there night. There you go. There yeah. we go. We we both fucked it up. So we figured it out. <laughs> All right. Through so friendship. 
Yeah, hopefully that gave you enough time to guess the movie we were quoting. Um, but that would be The Truman Show, one of uh, the best movies of all time, maybe? Yeah, yeah, definitely one of the best, like, heartwarming, like, humanistic films, I would say. Yeah. Jim Carrey, uh, 1998. Um, I hadn't seen this movie in so long, I don't even remember. It's probably high school. Um, watch, rewatched it on the new 4K, uh, I want to say Paramount. Um release and it's uh yeah it's it's a fantastic film what can i say if you've never seen it i don't really want to spoil too much but the general premise obviously he plays a guy named truman who unbeknownst to him is being filmed in his own world that is essentially uh a reality tv show that is the truman show that you know millions of people billions of people around the world are watching except he doesn't know that he's on this show. So this entire mm-hmm. thing has been set up around him. And the general premise is he starts to wonder if um, something is off after a few strange events. And that's kind of as far as I'll go, as far as the plot. For those of you who haven't seen it, definitely need to go watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, great movie. Great movie. Uh, Peter Weir is one of the greatest Australian uh, filmmakers of all time, easily. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't. Um, all of his body of work is great. Master and Commander, Dead Poet Society, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Uh, but yeah, Truman Show is one of his best and one of my favorite, uh, definitely of all time. You just reminded me I have a lot of homework on him on his list to do. Uh, oh I yeah, <laughs> seen, I haven't seen like any of those. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you haven't seen Master and Commander? I know it was on like in high school or something, but I don't remember paying attention or actually watching it. I got the digital copy. There's no 4K, so. <laughs> um, got it. But yeah, uh, after that, uh, probably around the same day on the 12th, I watched Drive My Car, finally. Um, me, a huge Ryuchi Sakamoto fan. Um, <laughs> or sorry, Ryuchi <laughs> Hamaguchi. Saka, Ryuchi uh, Sakamoto is a musician I like. Um, there you go. Right, Suki Hamaguchi, Drive My Car. Um, finally saw it. Uh, I loved first film of his I ever saw was uh, Asako One and Two, um, which I really like. Um, that's like one of my favorite romance movies of all time. Now I just love that movie. He's a. Uh, I start. I need to finish Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, and uh, I need to watch Happy Hours, which is this crazy long movie. I think it might even be a miniseries that he did. Anyway, um, Drive My Car deservingly won. Uh, foreign uh, language film uh in 2021 oscars so it had been 2022 uh two years ago um events uh and it's just a great study of um living after events um living after grief and living with grief and going onwards with your life and a very like heartfelt relationship between two people and like moving on in aspects of their life and it's it's a very good film it's long uh but it's really good and uh Arisuke is just great at that he's uh one of my favorite writers uh modern like screenwriters um and all of his films just have great dialogue just intensely and passionately written and i just definitely would recommend this and like all of his body of work to people who haven't seen it and i'm excited for his film that's coming out this year uh, called Evil Does Not Exist that did not get nominated for an Oscar or will not get nominated for an Oscar because Japan chose Wim Wenders movie, which is also going to be good, but uh, kind of weird or kind of annoying that they picked a non-Japanese non-Amer- person's film 
to represent their country um, instead of Raisuke Hamaguchi, even though he's already been nominated a couple times. But yeah, definitely interesting. But yeah, uh, check it out if you have not. Uh, I saw the Criterion. Uh, I think it's the 4K Blu-ray I have. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, great film. Yeah, that was one I caught the year it was in uh, award season. I do think it was a time that I watched it when I was either, you know, a little tired or something. And I, I, I think I don't remember a whole lot about the movie. I do remember, <laughs> I do remember the general um, vibe of it. And like, and I remember enjoying it, um, but I do remember it was pretty long. I do yeah. think I need to check it out again one of these days. I think I would appreciate yeah. it more in the right. Yeah, age. definitely more poignant and such mm-hmm. you definitely have to focus on the dialogue in his films there's a lot going on um visually as well kind of like the character's expressions and such it's very very uh minute humanism in his films that uh it's great to pay attention to and they really make his uh works feel very alive and uh more like groundbreaking to you yeah and i do think um you know, you still, I still need to see uh, Osaka 1 and 2 and more of his book yeah. as well. I have so, the Blu-ray. We will show watch one day. We will do it. <laughs> Might show up in your December. No. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, so you just went. I watched, an, I've been, I was on kind of the classic film vibe. Very classic. I just rewatched ooh. The Wizard of Oz, 1939. Oh, nice. Yep. That uh, film, I, I have the 4K restoration, which looks incredible in 4K. For that film, it you know it's it's that you can definitely tell it's it's still an older movie, but they it was a painstaking restoration that they did. Um, and you know, I think I've always liked the Wizard of Oz. The the, the songs are so uh, catchy and and just fun, and I get them stuck in my head very easily. And um, I do think it's one of those movies that like now that I'm older and and now that time has, has passed so much since that came out, I don't think the, uh, the film itself has as much um, weight as it used to. And I don't think I have as like much of a connection to it as I used to, but it's just one of those movies. That's such a just genuine classic of a film Mm -hmm. that I can't help but appreciate it and love it for what it is. It's such a joy of film. It's just great to watch sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's very like Wonka, you know. Uh, mm-hmm, exactly. It's just like well, with Willy Wonka, you'll just put it on. You're like, you know, time has passed, but this is just still like a great film to watch every now and then. Exactly. And um, I, you know, it, it's just um, a movie that you, you know, like if you ever, you know, like as you get older too, like even like the. The, the the main song Judy Gar like it has also has such a great story and, and behind it because there's so much behind the scenes stuff that went on. It's mm-hmm. it, it's just like one of those movies that's just you can't escape the history of it, um for better or worse. Yeah. Judy Garland was so incredible and in, in like her especially her performance of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, that to me that song is so powerful and never it just as you get older, that song becomes more important, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's just a movie that no matter how old I get, I'm always going to want to like, I'm always going to want that movie to be like part of my life, whether it's introducing it to my children or, you know, like just 
just reminding me of what it was like to be young or you know knowing what it's like Mm -hmm. to be old whatever there's Mm -hmm. so many things about it that just work Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah definitely uh much said about that film (laughs) what's that i said much to say and much said about that film yes yes yeah um so next i watched a movie night between you, me, and Aaron. Dread. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, this was your choice. Uh, so Dylan chose Dread 2012, um, and that is a film. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we're Carl done. Urban. Yeah, no. Um, it's very much uh, a good action film of its time. I feel like the main thing uh, that I had while watching that movie is uh, I feel like a lot of people had obviously in articles written about that time. It feels very much like a uh, uh raid redemption <laughs> very similar uh but it's it's done in like you know a dread way and it's it works it's a concise nice action film that hits all the beats it needs to very very of its time uh for the action films like that definitely slept on a little bit um and definitely should have done better in the box office but yeah it's just a fun action film put on um, better than like some of the other ones that came out around then that there was a lot of uh bad uh original ones so this is like a good adaption yeah and i think for me dread was one of those movies i didn't um i remember when i first saw it i was like oh wow this is actually really good and i've heard i heard a lot of people saying it was really good i do think as time has gone on the comparisons to raid redemption have knocked it down a peg a bit for me because ha- i've seen that movie more and i i do love it more um, I do think um, Dread it, Dread on its own is just a really fun like B B movie level type mm-hmm. movie with plenty of great one liners and action and lots of guns and bullets and just it's 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 just a fun time. Yeah, um, I had I had really high expectations seeing it um, again with you you and Aaron because mm-hmm. of the 4K restoration, which did disappoint me. I was expecting it to. I, there were certain things I guess I remembered about the movie that I thought were going to look insane, and I was like, oh, "Okay, okay, cool, looks fine." And, yeah. the, and the general the general um, look of the film to me did not really translate that well to 4K, or it just wasn't the best transfer. But that being said, definitely an underrated film that pr- probably should have gotten a sequel, but because it was so poorly um, like received. It wasn't, it wasn't poorly received. It, what am I trying to say? It was it was well received. It was not seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the problem. It didn't get it, the marketing was so yeah. bad for the film. Completely mismarketed it in terms of the way the trailer depicted what the film was supposed to be. That no one cared to see the movie. So the few who yeah. did were like, "What the hell? This movie's great." You know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, dreads a fun time, but. One film that I liked even more than Dread, which we watched immediately after that, oh, yeah. that night, was a film that Lucas actually bought for me for my birthday. Huzzah. A, bl- a blind buy, Escape yes, from New I York. I seen it. Of course. I love it. <laughs> Carpenter is king. Yeah. Why don't you start us off since this is your movie? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Snake Plinskin, uh, not a Metal Gear Solid, um, <laughs> is... Uh, is an ex-military man who's tasked with saving the president uh, whose plane was sabotaged and crashed in New York. But New York's not the same anymore. It's now a giant prison. And that's Escape from New York. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, Snake goes in there and he uh, 
beat some ass. There's some cool cameos. You got uh, what's his name again? He's in some Carpenter movies. Oh, is it Harry Dean Stanton? Harry Dean Stanton, yeah. Harry Dean Stanton in it. Um, that was great. Uh, and all the characters work well together. I felt like going into this movie, I remember it being way longer, and the movie is not. It's like 99 minutes. Um, it's it's awesome. Great score. I think one of the greatest scores that Carpenter's done. Um, is like top three. It's like hard to think off the top of my head because he's done so many great ones, but it's definitely one of his my favorite. Uh, Ernest Borgnine's a great like side character in this too. Um, just all these characters that all work together great and a great action film. Some really cool stuff. Uh, and I it's just a fun time. Uh, fun classic action film. Definitely is great if you like any of his other stuff or just 80s action films in general. Yeah, definitely um, up there for me with favorite Carpenter films. I, I think it's one that I want to watch again to, to, to really... It's like certain movies you watch and you're just kind of just trying to experience it because you've heard about it or known about it for so long and you're kind of trying to figure out like oh what why do people love this so much and then so you're kind of just like taking it all in but then once you watch it again you sort of don't feel that like need to do that and you just can just sit back and enjoy it more mm-hmm. so I'm kind, of, I'm kind of i'm looking forward to that viewing and it i love how how much of an 80s movie it feels like um even for someone who didn't like ever see it before until now like you seeing all the different comparisons to like like we were talking about snake metal gear solid the, the i'm not, i haven't even played the metal gear solid names but i could just immediately tell there was some kind of connection and mm-hmm. um i you know kurt russell back in those days was always a good time especially really enjoyed him in the, in the thing of course john carpenter but yeah the score fantastic like you said um no matter how many john carpenter scores he does no matter how similar they are they all are also distinct in their own way and all enjoyable and so i'm always i'm always digging that um yeah just a fun time yeah can't, can't go wrong cannot go wrong with a lot of comforters 80s films mm-hmm. um and then what did i do i went home and watched blue valentine <laughs> <laughs> Nice in the feels, uh, feels movie. Um, yeah, definitely just uh, a heart-wrenching uh, disillusion of love, uh, drop out of love of uh, two people. Great acting um, by the two leads, Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. Like, I did not, I did not know that was her going into the film. I, I knew Gosling was in it, but I was like, who else is in this? And then I was like, Michelle Williams, like, oh, this is going to be real good, and it was very good. Um, yeah, it's just if you want like heart, just sad romance story instead of them falling in love, them falling out of love. This is it. Uh, it's definitely great, and I don't know if there's there. It's just well shot, well done, well written. Um, you don't really fall out of it. Uh, you're watching. You're just like watching a slow ship sink, and you're like, mm-hmm. that's that film. It's very good. Definitely, definitely recommend it if you're in the mood for that. Uh, up there with like Eternal Sunshine and Spotless, Eternal Spotlight of the Sunless Night. Uh, whatever I said it, it wrong, I just mixed it up again. Um, What's with those Jim Carrey movies? <laughs> um, yeah, so um, well, he hasn't seen it, and I, I think my my double feature for that might be Eternal and uh, uh, Asako. That'll be great. Oh, I have seen <laughs> Eternal Sunshine Spotless Mind. Oh, you have? I thought you wanted to rewatch that. I can't. Remember. I do. I do. I have the 4K yeah. so. Yeah, we talked about rewatching it because I, yeah. I I've seen it, but I don't really remember it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, to add on to Blue Valentine, which I have not seen, 
I've always wanted to see it, but again, like you were saying, it is one of those mood movies and timing movies. There, there's a lot of reasons um, one would want to watch that film. So it's like I'm trying to find like when when's the right timing for me to check it out. I do love mm-hmm. the cast, obviously. Um, it sounds just it, from what from everything you're saying, it just really sounds like a simple um, story, just told really well, like and, yeah. d- and just told done really well. And the way you were talking about it made me kind of think about like past lives, even though it's a very different movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, but that movie is like so beautifully done and yeah, and, sim- yeah. and simple. Yeah, very similar vibes. So, um, wow, we're going like completely different mood swings now. From from that one, from my last movie to your movie to my next movie, which we watched together. I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Shaolin Soccer, baby. <laughs> almost as heartbreaking as Blue Valentine. Almost. <laughs> yeah, when they almost lost, no. <laughs> they almost lost. Oh no, there's some pretty sad moments in it with the with the the goalie and how she she <laughs> yeah. you know starts crying because of the yeah. whole uh, breakup. <laughs> anyway let's start let's let's start from the beginning Shaolin Soccer yeah one of my all-time favorite movies I'm talking 10 out of 10 5 out of 5 I give it a I give it a 10 out of 10 I'm talking like top five movies like top 10 easily yeah it's um it's just such a perfect action comedy martial mm-hmm. arts um so for those that don't know Shaolin Soccer came out in 2001 it's a Chinese Hong Kong film from uh, Stephen Chow, who was this very uh, prominent director uh, in Asian cinema. And he is like, he's just a king of like situational, goofy, screwball, nonsense, absurdity comedy. And um, he, this film is just, it, it knows exactly what it's trying to do with its premise of these, this uh, former star uh, soccer player who ends up getting his leg broken by a friend and he's now basically crippled and, and handicapped and he's um, ends up having to uh, meeting a guy who is a, an amazing kung fu artist but you know just kind of living life and they basically realize they could form a soccer team using Shaolin and mm-hmm. attempt to get revenge on his uh former friend who wronged him and so it just it goes from there you meet a bunch of other the the main character has a bunch of brothers who are all equally skilled in martial arts and they and shaolin and they all have different abilities and things that they do and one thing the, the i guess the biggest thing is if you like the new like one piece uh netflix live action series that director was heavily inspired by shaolin soccer and the craziness and he basically thought like okay if i this is the closest thing we have to like anime brought to life in film yeah i could if we can do it in this movie if if steven chow did it we can do it um in in my in our series it's also actually i think i'm actually i should be quoting the creator of one piece i'm pretty sure that was his feelings not the creator of this not the director of the series but the the actual creator of the manga one piece um loves shallon soccer also the more probably a, a little bit more well-known film to U.S. audiences, Kung Fu Hustle. Same guy, Stephen Chow. If you like Kung Fu Hustle, you will love Shaolin Soccer. I do think it's slightly better. Anyway, I'll let you say yeah. a couple things. <laughs> um, 
I said in my review, greatest uh, comedy of the 21st century. I think that's easy. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite comedies of all time. It was my first time seeing it. Uh, it's just great. Does everything right. Hits every beat. Is extremely funny. Um, pretty inoffensive. Um, nothing. It has aged perfectly. Aged gracefully. It's like a fine wine film. It's just everything you want. It's uh, only downside is like some of the CGI is not good anymore. Who cares? It fits it good. <laughs> Because yeah. the comedy kind of plays on that, that they're like, oh, the CGI isn't great. It doesn't look that realistic, but we're going to make it look kind of funny then. And it, it just has those parts. Um, it just does it great. And uh, yeah, definitely just I, incomparable. Um, my friend, two of my friend's uh, reviews are great. Uh, one of them said, this is like if they made the baseball scene from Twilight into a whole movie. Five out of five stars. And my favorite... <laughs> I feel bad for anyone who tries to make a movie about football or soccer after this. They'll always be second place. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, this is yeah. this is definitely one of those movies that I don't think I've reviewed yet on my channel, but I I should have reviewed it. I mm-hmm. should have done like a if I haven't, I should have done like a very long, you know, just uh, <laughs> love letter to this film. Yeah, it, there's so much I could say about it, but mm-hmm. uh, to put it simply, it's it's just. Um, you know, here's the thing too. This film was when I saw it. I initially I was a teenager, and you know, 2001, 2003 when it came out to US, and um, I rented it and watched it with my friends, and we thought this was like the most amazing thing ever. Like it was just at that age, at that current state of technology and CG and film, it did to me look like the most incredible thing I'd ever seen on film mm-hmm. t- to that point. I do agree that the CG has aged, but it just, at this point, it just adds to the charm of the film and it does. um, What's the last thing I'll say? It does have a unique way of watching it because you can watch it actually with the English dub, which is how I watched it as a kid and still enjoy it just as much. Stephen Chow dubbed over his own voice. And so it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're generally watching like a really bad dub, even though there are parts of it that come off like that. It, it is just as fun and maybe even better as a dub than it is in the original language. But then you can watch the film in the original language like Lucas and I did and enjoy it. But then there's a director's cut that's like 20 minutes, 30 minutes longer, something like that. And there's a whole bunch more like wackiness and silliness, different soundtrack. So you can watch this film in a lot of different ways and pretty much enjoy it no matter what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Anyway, I don't want to. <laughs> I-, I could keep going. Yes. <laughs> um, what did I watch? I was part of a double feature. After one of the greatest comedies, we watched a very good comedy that most oh. people don't even know exist. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a film called Attack the Gas Station. This is also um, not the same country, but an East Asian comedy. Uh, by a korean director uh but it's a it's essentially a bunch of hoodlum uh korean guys uh for them uh decide to keep robbing this gas station and then the second time they just take it hostage and it's just like slapstick weird humor there's like everyone has this like traumatic backstory to why they ended up uh in this situation but the traumatic backstory is like very campy like one of them 
uh oh god it was like his just baseball coach didn't like him so he just hated baseball and he just was like i'm going to become a street hoodlum and it's all this weird stuff um they they anger different groups in like mass so they anger like a whole gang then they anger like the food delivery union and it's just very weird but my favorite part of this film is it's a very well like almost a chamber piece because it's all set in like one location Mm -hmm. but not really um but uh, the the camera work is just works very well with how everyone is acting, um, and I just love everybody is like the what is it the message song uh, is great how everything's set up and the costume department just went crazy with like late nineties early two thousands clothing it's just so over the top and it feels like very fun a very part of its time and I found this at like a video store like the twenty tens and me and my friend Seamus uh, watched it. And uh, it was this and like Survive Style Five Plus, which we talked about uh, many episodes before. These two were like two of my favorite like East Asian comedies, just comedies in general. They're just so weird and fun, and they're very offbeat and something that you don't see every day. And definitely not something that they make as much anymore. It's just very fun, very very fun time. Yeah, this is one that the more I think about it too, I, the more I reminisce about it fondly, and it's it's just such a such a unique like storytelling like to just have these guys like show up at this gas station and just they i I do enjoy the the story how they they all have a different flashback reason why they are the way they are and you see yeah. like there's I don't, I for, sorry if you already mentioned it but the the issue with the one of the guys who he keeps uh punishing a bunch of these people by it's like this korean punishment where like people have yeah. to basically balance themselves with their head on the floor and putting like almost all of their weight so it looks like they're all about to like break their neck and it's just like oh my god like yeah like like i could never imagine ever having to do that as a punishment and but then you see a flashback as to why yeah he does it so much (laughs) so you know learning those things and like seeing all that stuff is so fun yeah i love the costumes the really funny definitely one that i'm eager to rewatch yeah definitely and um this is a film that very makes me very much wants to get me into the uh, film distribution industry because I want to buy the rights to this and give it a Blu-ray. Because the only way you can watch this, I have a DVD. I forgot it. So we watched it in like five parts on YouTube. And it's just like, it's it's a DVD quality. It's like mm-hmm. this needs a nice little cleanup. Um, you just want to see everything. It's it's shot very nice. Shot I think it looks like it's shot on film. Or uh, very, because... Uh, uh it just looks really fun it just looks so good uh it's it's just a fun looking comedy and they don't make comedies that have like a little bit of character in the cinematography anymore and the camera like drifts and you like feel like you're part of the scenes and it's just so nice there's all these weird dutch angles that they do they're just having fun and it's like it it was so popular it got a sequel in korea um so uh which i haven't seen i heard and heard great things about but there's not that many people that i've seen either of them so um yeah, definitely, uh, definitely out there. But uh, really, definitely would recommend. It is really cool and surprising that it actually did get a sequel, though, because that's like how little we know about it here in the states and how little it's been, you know, mentioned or talked about. I think that's another reason why it's, it's. I I liked it so much because I feel like it was like, how did I not know about this? That's it's one of those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely like one of those ones that you could really only find just like around in existence just like going around everyday life yeah um 
Well, there were no leftovers with this next film. <laughs> I think uh, some of you might know what we're referring to if you're familiar yes. with the tagline. But uh, Lucas and I went and saw this in theaters with uh, a couple of people. We saw that with Darren and Aaron. We saw Thanksgiving, which uh, Eli Roth, got to give him credit, my new favorite Eli Roth film. That's not saying a whole lot, but I did yes. enjoy it. <laughs> I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, it felt, I think you described it as scream light. Yeah, yeah. Very, very scream light. Um, it does what it needs to do. And at points, it's very campy for the reason that they're going for like an overstatement of the point that they're making and they're doing it in like a kind of a comedically violent way uh the gore is great um characters are pretty fun there's like a lot of tiktok people in it which is kind of funny um but yeah i i enjoyed it uh i was pleasantly surprised uh there's it was getting good reviews and we're like let's go see this and then we watched it and we're like oh hey that was that was pretty good you know um us all of us that watched it um, weren't huge Eli Roth fans and haven't really wouldn't say we liked any of his previous films. Um, they're not they're not great. Uh, they're they're movies, but they're not <laughs> they're just there. And this one actually felt like it was decently well done, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I, it's like I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but it's it's mm-hmm. just one of those movies that like I can see myself revisiting it from time to time on you know around yeah. Thanksgiving. Um, I, I like I don't like it. Kind of gives me like. Like when I think of like um, similar movies we've gotten lately on these holiday horror vibes, it gives me kind of that violent night feel. Where like I might I might watch it every every other year once in a while because it's just fun. It's a fun time that's poking fun at a holiday situation, and um, this one I think um, de- you know definitely had more enjoyable characters than I was expecting. Usually mm-hmm. I expect in a slasher just like cannon fodder with like complete one dimension nothing nothing of real value and there were a few characters like i think my i might be butchering the line now but one of my favorite lines in when the movie was about a character named his name is scuba mm-hmm. and um all his friends call him scooby and i think they were like why do they call you or uh like why do they call you scuba you're like mm-hmm. or because my last name is diving right <laughs> yeah and, and they're like what's your first name and then what's his actual first name it's like it's like something really dumb yeah uh, i want to see if i can pull it up it's like it's like it's like an old white person's name and they're like oh like no Winston or something yeah yeah it's something i don't have a oh here we go crew list oh no yeah it doesn't say their names whatever but yeah <laughs> but it's just like that joke was just really funny the setup of yeah. it yeah um, there are some actual good comedic bits in it comparative to like some of his previous stuff which i liked um very very well done um it was just a good uh good practice in what it was which yeah. is uh what it was <laughs> well it was um for, you know for the for the eli roth uh crowd i'd say if you're not sure about it because you're maybe not the biggest fan just give it a chance it doesn't really yeah. feel like one of his movies yeah yeah it definitely definitely doesn't yeah but um what i watched next was very cool didn't you just go did i yeah was that mine i was yes that was you you. (laughs) (laughs) um so what i watched next um was a film that i watched the uh, the night after attack the gas station i went home in a happy mood after watching two comedies (laughs) and i was like i'm gonna watch the piano teacher by michael oh my god and um 
that ruined my psyche for like a week. <laughs> I was I was distraught. That film is very uncomfortable, very dis- disturbing for points. Um, there's so much going on, and um, I'd like to like to tell a, a certain certain person something. Uh, uh, Alex Garland, you should watch this movie and learn how to write uh, about like women stuff. If you're just gonna write about it, uh, make a movie about it because this does it right. <laughs> <laughs> this does it right um it doesn't do it in as fantastical way but it does it right uh this movie is insane it is awesome it's it's a very very like uh movie about a sixth piano teacher who engages with a young student um very much about uh has a very much it's a feminist viewpoint of uh women's wants uh and kind of how women's are perceived uh in things that they want uh because she wants things to be, go a certain way and you know, the man in the relationship, the dynamic isn't there. He doesn't want that because it's, you know, he wants to be in control and she's wants, she's the one like, hey, I want it to be done this way and stuff. And then when she loses that control, it's when he wants it. And it's kind of like a viewpoint of this. And it's a battle struggle of uh, very much how these just interactions go on and how they're, how this like mistreatment and this like abuse is just constantly going on. And how like characters like this exist in this are just very dark and very uh stark realization of what like reality is at points um and it's a very viscerally uh uh unnerving at points film uh for points and uh important reasons um and not to give any spoilers away but yeah it's very very insane uh definitely great it's just it's got a lot going on it's very heavy uh and i definitely definitely enjoyed it um in a sense that i appreciated it i wouldn't say i enjoyed it in like mm. this is a <laughs> this you is something i'd want to rewatch but it's it's very much has a great message and it's it's very much has all these all these things going on that just come out with this uh you really feel like you're like watching something and you really like like wow this is just what he is saying is like amazing and the way he's showing it is just so moving to the point that it needs to be. You admired it more than you liked it, kind of. Yeah, I would I would say I still liked it. It's um it's not really that. It's uh I don't know if I'd rewatch it knowing what's going in at points. Um Yeah. Like there's parts I just don't you know, you're like, yeah. I know what's gonna happen and I don't wanna see this again, but I would rewatch the film down the road. It just I don't want to watch it rewatch it anytime soon. It's nice yeah. to like brood on a film like this. Like certain films need to brood in you. They need to sit around and just kind of stir in your head. You don't need to keep going back to them unless yeah. you really need to. But this is definitely one that you just keep going back to those moments, those quotes, what they're saying to each other, you know, about their interactions and how they are represented is just great. Yeah, definitely, definitely great. And it was a good primer for the movie I watched after that, which I'll get to after Dylan. Oh well, yeah, I haven't seen that movie, but the you, you've definitely piqued my interest. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, one film that I watched, which is actually technically a live performance, I watched *Spirited Away* live on stage. The oh, film, cool. which was very cool. Yeah, it's um, the Blu-ray release from G Kids features two different performances with two entirely different casts. Um, so I think it's the, I didn't, I only watched one. I don't think it's like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like the same show, but you know, just completely different people. Um, mm-hmm. 
but uh, it was really cool. Um, it's it's just such a it, like the, the the idea of Spirit Away even being adapted on a on a on a you know play is on stage is just insane because that film has so much imaginary characters and creatures and things that Hayao Miyazaki dreamt up. Um, I couldn't believe how, like, I couldn't, I was trying to picture how they were going to do so many different things. And the way they did it was amazing. Like there's so much like puppetry work and background work, people just moving things constantly. So many moving pieces, insane, incredible set design. Um, they added music to it, like actual, Oh, there was music in the film, but they added um, like music numbers, which was mm-hmm. cool too. Just nice, like that. That gave it a little extra layer and so, some slight distinguishment. But no, incredibly um, filmed too for a stage play. Like you know, kind of like the Hamilton's um, live action version. They show mm-hmm. you all the real key things you need to see, like you know the way they did the camera angles and close ups. Um, I just I was I was in awe. I watched it with my girlfriend. We had a really great time with it. It is very long, so it's like a stage play. It's like three hours, so you got to chunk it. There's an intermission, of one act, two act structure thing going on. But uh, yeah, if you love Spirited Away, it's a 100% must watch. It is. It's it's definitely more for fans of Spirited Away. I think if you if you mm-hmm. saw it without ever having seen Spirited Away, it would be less appealing and harder to follow, and like, because a lot of it feels like it's just trying to show you, like, how, like, oh, look how we did this, you know, like, yeah, we were able to do this, like, from the movie, it's it's insane, right? You know, it's like, it kind of feels like they're overcompensating on that part of it versus, like, telling a real super cohesive story of the movie retold, you know, so, because they had to cut out certain elements just to make it work. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But for the most part, it's all there, you know. Well, that's, yeah. I remember yeah. you saying you watched that, so yeah, that's it. It's always interesting to watch uh, play films. Yeah, yeah. There's not too <laughs> uh, many I've seen. <laughs> There's like only yeah. the second one. Second or third. Um, uh, what did I watch next? Oh, yeah. So the, technically, you know, same region, somewhat. Uh, I watched Anatomy of a Fall, award season film. Whoa. Um, where did I go see this? Very oh, I soft. went to Rialto. Um, so yeah, I went and saw this. Um, it is at the beginning it feels like you're watching like this crime drama and then it or this crime you know what happened oh what's going on and then it turns into like a courtroom drama and the act the 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 acting is just really great um what's her name's getting a lot of buzz uh Sandra Huller um uh but in my opinion the best actor in this film was not her it was the child named Milo Machado Granillo um that kid was great um he played like this blind kid that was her son insane um the story is all over the place um in a good way it is uh what would i say um it's very um unwielding and um like complex in what it's trying to say because it's essentially this her husband dies and they're trying to acquit her um her her and her lawyer trying to quit her but they're they charged her with uh, possible murder. They're like, hey, you killed your husband. We we don't see any reason how he could have died like this. And um, it kind of goes through that, her relationship with her son, and um, all this stuff comes out. And you kind of, like, you kind of have it come out in court while you're watching. So you're kind of uh, like a juror in yourself watching this film go down. And it's really interesting. You get to see all these, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. 
uh, of them during the court, like what's going on in their life. But then you get into the court scenes and you feel like you don't really know them at all. You the stuff coming out um, and how how her character is like viewed in this world because she's not actually French. And this is a French court. Her husband was uh, the French guy. She's German. Um, and so it's like all this stuff, all these dynamic, all these like cultural things going on. It's just just a very interesting film to watch. Um, I felt like it was a little bit too long. Uh, it's like mm. two and a half hours. Um, uh, and I, I felt at points I was uh, I was like, this this could have been a little bit shorter, but I still I still enjoyed it. Um, the kid really, really pulled it together for me. Uh, he was so believable in his role. And like just very, very like I haven't heard anybody talk about like getting him nominated for anything, and he was just like insane in his role. I I was just so he just felt like a real person, you know, hmm. uh, not like a not like an actor that's like ten years old or something. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, Sandra Huller was great. Um, I'm probably saying her name wrong. I don't know German, but yeah, uh, definitely check it out. Uh, it's definitely going to be nominated for international language film even though it's like half in english almost um because that's like part of the plot in the movie is that uh she doesn't speak uh french so she has to speak english um mm, interesting um but yeah uh definitely check it out it'll be in the oscar nominated definitely and it's already golden globe nominated so uh yeah but yeah definitely on my list um mm-hmm. i will say i see my battery slowly dying so i'm gonna speed through my next few here and what better way to do it than start with uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving? Very, very short uh, special. Uh, just my annual rewatch. You know, one of those. Obviously, I love the Peanuts classic. Classic Charlie Brown. Not my favorite. I think uh, I'd put Christmas and then th- Halloween number one. But Thanksgiving's a fun time. I love the fact that they make a bunch of popcorn and that call that Thanksgiving dinner. It's just really silly and fun. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> what more can you say <laughs> yeah um i watched after that a movie that's definitely getting snubbed from uh, award season i've heard anyone talk about it four daughters uh i am a uh partial to this director i love her stuff uh co-author ben hania um she did this movie called beauty of the dogs beauty and the dogs it's one of my favorite films of 2017 2018 i saw it in 2018 though because that's when it was released in america anyway uh, she got nominated before for a movie called The Man Who Sold His Skin. Uh, this movie is a mm. partial uh, documentary, uh, mostly documentary, but essentially this mother's had two older, two eldest daughters were radicalized by ISIS. And um, she, the director, Hania, she hires two actresses to play her older daughters uh, with her two daughters who she still has. And they reenact like their childhood and all the points leading up to when they left uh when they were radicalized and it's very interesting um it's like a point of view you don't really see about like this whole radicalization of this area because tunisia where it's uh takes place is kind of like a little bit further away from this and how they saw like isis and isil different differently than the region where it actually was in like syria and such and so it's really interesting um how they like have the marine act stuff and then they have these actors come in so they don't have to do like the really hard scenes is really interesting it's such an unique way to tell a story and then you realize like oh hey they're like 10 years younger when this is supposed to be happening and these feel like they're supposed to be adults because these are such adult topics but these were children that didn't know anything better and they weren't actually doing anything wrong but their mother had this preconceived notion just about how their culture is and how their um, religion reacts to young women and it's very interesting it's a very 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 engrossing film you just see a lot of angles you haven't seen before and i was really surprised by it um 
and it's not getting nominated for anything but it should be for documentary in my opinion but uh yeah if if you want to watch a very interesting film about uh muslim and islamic culture and uh, religion uh in modern day and the essential changes going forward that young people like her two daughters that are still around are like going for and like trying to bring about is it's a great uh story about that but yeah hania watch all of her films if you can um i think beauty and the dogs and this are better than her one that was actually nominated for which is kind of funny yeah yeah that sounds really uh fascinating yeah that's one i haven't heard too much about yeah i got to see it um, in theaters oh, very nice. weird yeah hmm. it was like me and two old people <laughs> <laughs> nice well, um, I rewatched uh, The Last Duel with Aaron. Uh, Ooh, still haven't seen that... it. What? Yep. I thought you watched it. Nope. Oh. <laughs> I watched well, part of it. I remembered. I was like, oh, yeah, I fell asleep. Never oh, picked okay. it back up. Okay. Well, um, I I do like The Last Duel. I think it's a, it's a really well-made film, really, Scott. You know, um, it's it's really cool how it's, it's sort of a modern-day Rashomon storytelling structure. Um, Kira Kurosawa's famous film mm-hmm. uh and so i i think the film has a lot to say especially um how women were treated back in those times and i think there's a lot to it that um there's some you know just great battle sequences and uh, it's shot incredibly well there's an incredible production design um but it it's definitely one of those movies that hinges on the drama of these characters and the story perspective of, of, and uncovering what really happened, what didn't happen, who do you believe, who do you trust? Um, very well-made film, but not one that I would revisit very often. Just mm-hmm. kind of like one of those, you said like with that previous one you mentioned that you just kind of want to let it through and maybe wait and see it again one day when you're in the right mood. Cause there are, there is some stuff in it that's hard to watch too. So. Yeah. Um, oh boy, I'm at 3%. <laughs> go charge your phone i got a lot more left to remember i can't <laughs> um so what are we gonna do we're gonna keep going oh okay well i got like eight films left so uh anyway we can cut that part out <laughs> okay so next i watched existence uh cronenberg i like cronenberg uh papa cronenberg not baby cronenberg um we talked about baby cronenberg last time uh papa cronenberg uh he did this film called existence i like it uh the premise is cool it's like about video games and like uh they have like these weird like fleshy body horror video game things obviously you can like connect it straight into your spine crazy cast it's got uh, uh jennifer jason lee jude law willem dafoe uh christopher eccleston like sarah Polly, all these all these like actors that you know um uh, pretty interesting film uh but yeah, I didn't I didn't attach to it that well, but I really liked it. Uh thought it was pretty good. Um there was pretty interesting storytelling. It kind of slows down a part, it's very dialogue heavy and you're not as interested in the dialogue. Uh, I felt like the could have been more visually striking for what it's about, but I definitely did enjoy it. Um but yeah, I don't know how often I'd rewatch it. I know I know some people really like this one by him. It's uh has a lot more dedicated fans uh than some other ones. Um but yeah, I wasn't as much into it as I have been in previous films of his that I have seen, even though this one I felt I might have inflated it just based on its description uh, going in, uh, because it very much has a lot of things and people that I like, and 
it didn't really feel like uh feel like it hit those beats that I felt like it wanted it to. Okay, interesting. I watched Ready Player One. Woo! <laughs> Steven Spielberg's hack era. Oh, when he was bad, and he made the post as well. No, 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 no. Ready Player One <laughs> was fun. I I enjoy it. It's it's a movie. There's a lot. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, callbacks to things that I love. There's some lot of. Yeah. There's some great anime references to Akira and Cowboy Bebop. There's yeah Gundam. There's an amazing sequence where they go to The Shining, uh, mm-hmm. the set of The Overlook. Yeah, that that that's like my favorite part of that film. I think personally, it's like Member Berries. If you ever saw that uh, South Park episode, the movie. Um, and I hate any piece of media that turns Iron Giant into a weapon, which is like the complete opposite about what the film is about, where it's like, oh, look, he has big weapon. He's crazy. And then that's just him in this movie. And it's like, I get what they're going for. But it's like, it's a very much brain turn off movie. And you just watch stuff and you're like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. That's very much my, my glowing review of it. Yeah, I think. It's definitely one of those movies that. um I don't know. Like, I, I I enjoyed it so much when I saw it in theaters, but there's uh, certain elements to it that just don't work as well. They yeah. Know, they, they have a, there's like the the world of the Oasis that's really amazing. Like like the you know on the level of like an Avatar film in terms of how incredible it looks, and then mm-hmm. and then you go back to the real world and everything there just feels kind of meh. Like 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 yeah. it's supposed to, but you know what I mean. Like it, it's yeah it's very much a movie about video games by written and made by people who have never played modern video games um like there's a lot of stuff if you think about it's just terrible it just doesn't really make any sense and like uh olivia cook's character who's like i'm terrible and ugly you'll never like me and then you show her and she just has like a little scar in her face and it's like that was like this whole plot point really it's just like little bits like that just pile up for me in this film and i can't like I really liked it when I saw it in theaters and I rewatched it like once since then. I was just like, Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Uh, it's very much a grandiose spectacle you'll see in theater. And then if you see it anywhere else, it's kind of like popcorn background film that I don't want to think about. Yeah. I could see that. I think it's, it's definitely worth seeing once and like trying to catch all the, the yeah. interesting references, but beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah. Um, Oh, I'll knock out two of our movies right now. Dun, dun, dun. Southland Tales. Ooh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Transition. Oh, this is a heavy... I'm going to try to talk as little as I can about this movie <laughs> because this can be... There is... I don't know what to say. I mean, obviously, if you've seen this film, you've seen this film. Um, It is something. It is... It is... I know I liked... I liked watching it. It is just so much going on. There's just... It's like... It's, it's like... It's like a chimichanga. It is like someone took a movie and deep fried it and had all these ideas in it and and they put it all together and they made it and it's just so much is going on and it's like a movie that feels like you're supposed to be under the influence when you watch it and then you have to watch it sober after as well. It's got it's just insane. You have to watch it, I think. You have to watch this film. Uh if you're over the age of 18 uh, cuz it's just crazy. <laughs> um 16 uh it's just got so much going on and there's like so many messages it's going on very poignant messages especially nowadays aged gracefully in what it's trying to say but 
the way it's telling its story is so weird and so crazy. Uh, the rock back when he actually acted insane. I loved it. Um, got some crazy cameos by people. It's just all over the place. Um, it's by the same director as uh, I should have started off with this, but the same director as Johnny Darko. Um, and he hasn't really made a movie since uh, he did make the box, but um, yeah, he uh, it's, it's just crazy. There's, I don't want to talk about any of the plot. It's, it's all over the place. I mean, not all over the place. It's very convoluted as well. But um, yeah, it, if you want to watch Rock do some weird stuff, Sean William Scott be a little bit racist, and uh, Sarah Michelle Jellers in it as a porn star. It's crazy. It's uh, it's it was definitely a fun watch. Uh, but me and Dylan were just dying the whole time. Some of these lines are so funny, and our friend Aaron was not <laughs> interested, and he went on his phone about an hour and. <laughs> yeah it was definitely um a movie you have to be in the right mood for it's uh yeah it's like donnie darko director meets the room in a way like there's a certain yeah a- very much there's certain aspects like it, the music and the ambiance of the film is very strange and and interesting and then i just love the rock's weird little twitch with his hands that he like he's always like <laughs> just moving his hands throughout the movie. He has some yeah. crazy lines, some really memorable ones that I don't want to yeah. spoil. But for those who haven't seen this 2006 movie, <laughs> but uh, if you haven't seen mm-hmm. it by now, I don't know if you will. But yeah, it's um, it's just a crazy, strange movie. Justin Timberlake's in it. He gets to do some music that's yeah. not his own. <laughs> yeah he has a needle drop ne- talk about needle drops needle drop uh uh lip sync to a strokes song <laughs> i don't know what was going on oh my god it has that one oh the dude from uh what was it cabin in the woods right um, um no evil dead 2013 oh yeah and he was like kind of do rag the whole movie there's just so much going Lou taylor on. Pucci. um yeah taylor Pucci. um uh, as i can wrap it up best with one of the best lines in the movie <laughs> a pimp never commits suicide. Uh, you said it. Yep. Yeah, that's that's really. Uh, that, there's no nothing else can be said. Yeah, there, <laughs> I, it's a very unrateable anomaly for me. It's yeah. just it's a movie that exists, and I'll, I'll I'll probably watch it again just to experience what's going on down the road. Yeah, I feel it. Uh, <laughs> um, that same night, I know we watched something else, but I think you're on something else. No, you're right. <clears throat> I'm on Hard Boy. Uh, one of the best action movies of all time. Not much else to be said. Uh, Gun Fu, everyone. Yeah, Gun Wu. Uh, it's just one of the most fun action movies you'll ever watch. Yeah, the 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 choreography and the 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 filmmaking from John Woo during this time is just just really really amazing. Like he, the way he stylizes his shots and sequences, um, with the guns, with the kung fu, with the chase scenes and, and the, just the endless debris of bullets and things flying all over the place. People sliding down stairwells, staircases mm-hmm. with their backs on those and they're just shooting. And it's like, it's really just incredible stuff that inspired so much action of today. Um, and you just don't see films like this anymore. It really is a shame. Um, unfortunately, this film mm-hmm. is like, locked away in a vault <laughs> in terms yeah. of uh, distribution yeah. yes it is it is 
forgotten and unavailable to grab. Sadly, nobody nobody can get it from apparently a hotel chain who absolves all ownership of it, but technically still owns it. Apparently, that's what people say. So, sadly, hopefully one day we get a 4K or a restoration of some sort that isn't a really bad Blu-ray that is actually just the DVD put on a blu-ray <laughs> yeah yeah with vhs level audio <laughs> yeah god it is terrible the film is amazing uh, but it what needs a... to be restored yeah. desperately yeah Criteria. honestly if you're gonna watch this yeah if you're gonna watch this just go get a freaking dvd of it yeah probably <laughs> um so what's next uh i watched the diary of a teenage girl hmm. um i have a more in-depth review uh not in-depth uh, I wrote like two paragraphs on my uh on my letterbox and uh yeah it was uh there's a lot of um there's a lot of uncomfortable scenes because this is essentially the story of a 15-year-old girl who has an affair with her mother's boyfriend who's in his 30s played by Alexander Skarsgård and then she goes on a bunch of sexual escapades um I get the story they're going for um and like the empowerment of her character as well as who she's trying to become and she's trying to figure out what she wants to do with life and stuff. But uh, near the end, there's some scenes that I don't want to uh, have essentially told to me that this is a 15 year old girl doing. It just is somewhat uncomfortable. Um, uh, But I did like the film and it's really cool. Like visualization of like the era that it's set in, in the seventies and such. And it has like a good ending, a happy ending for that character. So uh, that is good, but I wasn't as, big of a fan of this film as uh some people have been but i feel like uh my perspective is skewed just because i was never a teenage girl as well that's fair (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's a film that i am not very familiar with um yeah it has a pretty notable cast what was it called diary of a teenage girl yeah diary of a teenage girl it came out in 2015 Alexander Skarsgård, Kristen Wiig are like the two oh, other leads. Okay. Uh, and the lady who directed it also did A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? So it was like her first oh, like, okay. bigger film. I have seen Can You Ever Forgive Me with um, mm-hmm. uh, what's her name? Melissa yeah. McCarthy. Yeah. And then uh, Academy Award winning uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, I think. Award oh, winning. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think the, Academy. Uh, yeah. Tom Hanks has. Tom Hanks won about uh mr rogers yes mr rogers (laughs) well my final film of the uh, november was speed with keanu reeves and jeff daniels and starts with sandra bullock (laughs) and not the good one, Speed 2 with Whoa. Willem Dafoe. Are you talking about the commonly referred to as the worst sequel of all time, Speed 2? Yes. The one that got Keanu Reeves partially blacklisted from Hollywood he for a little bit. He wasn't in that one. Yeah, for a reason. <laughs> he didn't want to be in Speed 2, and that studio said, we won't work oh. with you anymore, and so he couldn't uh, oh. work with that studio who did Speed. Well, anyway, this was my first viewing of Speed ever, believe it or not. Ooh. And I was... um. Very surprised how much I liked it. It was uh I it yeah. was a very, very entertaining, well done action thriller. Um the music, the score is incredible in that film. It's very just like 
engages you in the film instantaneously as soon as the movie starts with the elevator sequence. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, isn't like Dennis Hopper in the film? We're forgetting someone. Uh, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so he plays the villain, I believe. We're gonna have to double check. Yeah. Um, I forget. I think it's Hopper, but it might. It's someone that I yes, know their Dennis face. Hopper. I'm trying to remember. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So he's in it, and he plays the infamous villain of the film. Um, even Alan Ruck from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off shows up as one of the bus passengers. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I, you know, this film kind of became Keanu Reeves's like, like essentially put him in the put him in the driver's seat of being an action star. Like this was what, it, like he had already done Point Break, but from what I hear, this is the film that pretty much launched him as an action superstar which you can you can definitely mm-hmm. see i mean he's still you know he's still getting out of that bill and ted vibe but it's keanu reeves he's always going to have that some of those keanu reeves isms um and that's re- that's one of the reasons why people love him and why we have john wick and a bunch of the matrix of course and a bunch of other great films yeah um but yeah speed just a just a, a very very well done film um in a way, it kind of goes on longer than it needs to. Like, it en- doesn't quite end with the bus. It just it kind of feels like it ends, and then it, it just adds on another 10 or 20 minutes. But um, all of that stuff was really well done, too. I have no complaints. Musty. Yeah, I haven't seen it since I watched it on, I think, TNT, probably like 13 <laughs> years ago. But you need I to rewatch it. it. We need to watch it on 4K yeah. one day. It's so fun. Uh, one day. So. <laughs> um. Ooh. So the day after I watched I Have a Teenage Girl, I watched probably the most depressing film. Uh, I wouldn't say depressing. Heaviest films I've ever watched. Uh, Leela. Leela. Forever. Um, this film is so just stark. Uh, this the There's just the dark starkness of poverty of the and the desperation and just wanting to live a life of this character and her journey throughout the film is just so disheartening and it just all of the everything that could go bad everyone that could ever over it happens and it's it's really well written it's a great film um uh, it definitely like i think it might move into like my my uh top 100 it's just so good um and it's just really 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 sad uh watching it um and there's there's some great scenes that are how they shoot this stuff um obviously the way i'm talking there's some uh assault of some kind in it and the way they shoot it is really well done that it's not a conventional way that i'm not very obviously keen on putting that stuff in film visually but the way they do it like because she's forced or she's kind of like forced to be in like a some type of a what is it prostitution essentially and uh the way they shoot it is like from her point of view and it's like fucking oh it's so just like ingrains in you and um i i definitely wouldn't i would recommend watching this movie and you're just really ready for like something like this it is just very it is very one of the bleakest films i've seen and like the only salvation of any person like this is like after like they're gone because it's just such a dark reality they have to live with and it was it was so 
it's just something that definitely stuck with me that week. And I watched a lot of movies that week that uh, you'll see coming up right after this because I think yep. it's only me now. No. Nope. Um, right? <laughs> Do you have any more films? Yeah. Okay. And then, and then after that, two days later, Ooh. I watched May December. Um, current, I saw that in theaters, so that's why I saw it in November. Um, Charles Melton, great. I think he should get a supporting actor nom at something. I don't know though. Um, uh, but yeah, I really liked it. Uh, it had this. Uh, it had this very like under not understated, but this like underneath like campiness to it. I guess for a lack of a better term, it had like this little like offbeat. It was very offbeat in points where it wasn't a straightforward drama narrative. It had like a little bit underneath going on and they'd be kind of like, Oh, this is kind of like a little bit. There's a little, little bit more going on than like the reality of how they're talking. And he kind of like made you laugh at points or just feel uncomfortable. And that's kind of like what it was going for. And it's, definitely i don't want to spoil anything it's very i wouldn't blind it. i think that's the best way to go about this because everything kind of unravels for you uh, it's on netflix uh i definitely recommend it if you want to watch a pretty concise drama some great acting from Natalie portman and julianne moore uh but definitely charles melton's uh the one who i write home about natalie portman's really good in it though too i'd say she's definitely very close uh but yeah this is very much his breakout role because he's only done like like very much um what's it called he's done very much uh like romance like kid movies like teenage movies he uh he was on riverdale that's what like his big big thing so he hasn't really uh hasn't really broken into like anything big but definitely definitely be see be watching out for him um uh then two days later i watched bait um i'm not gonna say much about this um you should watch this film if you uh it's available to rent online um it's about a fisherman in uh the uk uh whose village is getting gentrified by tourists and he's being like pushed out and onto the brims of the place that he grew up in and it's very well done very well shot there's just some beautiful shots in this it's shot in like 16 millimeter and it's very grainy very uh it feels very much like a like a lower budget film that you'd see back in like the 70s and that's what it is uh kind of like going for this very like gritty look to it and it's well written everyone's pretty good actor and everything is like very believable all the it's just so well done for such a low budget movie from this like very up-and-coming director uh, he did ennis main who came out this year which came out this year and it's been that one kind of got more mixed reviews but this one was is just so good and i really like this uh mark jenkin uh i definitely can't wait for more of his films uh but yeah this is one i would definitely recommend it's not that long too it's like just under 90 minutes and it's such a treat of a drama that has a really poignant message. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then this one I'm going to talk very quick about because I feel like you're going to watch it eventually. Uh, Saltburn. Uh, you're. I can't I not hear you. Oh, yeah, Saltburn. Um, Saltburn is uh, a film that I have very mixed feelings about because there's scenes I really don't like in it and I don't think are good. But then um, I like the overarching, uh, like, ambiance of the film. Like, the world and everything and how it's shot, how it's done. And the story, the base story alone, I really like. But there's no real message. And there's some of the driest erotic scenes I've ever seen. And they kind of don't come off as a great representation of what they're tr- who they're representing. I didn't really like that. But I really like the music. I really like the how it's shot. I really like... Um, 
all the acting's great. I Barry Keoghan got nominated for this for Golden Globe, and I think that's very well deserved. He is one of the better actor, better best young actors of our age right now. Um, there are better films, I think, that deal with the subject. Uh, uh, Teo Rama is one I saw in junior college that I really like. That's uh, very similar. Uh, this one had some weird scenes, very weird scenes that kind of felt like they were just there to be weird. Uh, but I think you should watch it once and see how you feel. Um, I feel like if I watch it again, I'll like it less. But I did enjoy it, and to a point, to a degree. And I think the ending is one of my favorite. Just the ending is just so weird and fun, uh, just because the song is so good. And I feel like that kind of moves yeah, this film it. along as the music. <laughs> but yeah. It's very all over the place. I still don't know my feelings about it because I've like sat thought about it and like it's still in my head, but I think it might be in my head because I want it to be better and I feel like you could make it better. And I feel like that's the reason why I'm thinking about it so much like, oh, if only this and this and this were like this, then it'd be so good. Well, why can't someone do that? Or like, why could I try to do a different representation of uh, certain things and, you know, that it was trying to go for and like actually make it good? And I think I don't know how I really feel about it. It's like going back and forth. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely mm. check it out. I'd definitely, definitely check it out if you can. Um, uh, it's oh. getting really popular on TikTok. So I, I keep seeing it. And it's kind of funny. Um, my Kirker and me were talking about that today. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. I like uh, did my month uh, with some, uh, some weird ones, but yeah. Um, all in all, my favorite first watch yeah. of the month, uh, Shallon Soccer. And Bait and Lilia Forever uh, just okay. edges out, okay. I think, Piano Teacher. Um, I got that for $4 Ooh. on you know, Apple TV. The H, uh, it was like a, it was oh. a 1080p of it. I was like, oh, hell yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a night. That was a yeah. night, all right. Jesus. Jesus, yeah. that is, yeah, that is sure. a film. <laughs> yeah, if anybody if anybody says like, oh, go watch a reversible, <laughs> don't watch that. Just watch Lilia okay. Forever. It's way better. Um uh yeah definitely definitely love that 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 film is that film is great it is oh jesus christ all right everyone well i think that's about it once again you've been watching another episode of mile a minute movie talk